Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. Happy Tuesday, everyone, and welcome to a new episode of the Good Old Podcast. I'm Jackie Franchuli for Wahoo's 24-7, and we have a special guest on today's episode. So without further ado, here is Anthony Johnson. AJ, thanks for coming on today. Oh, I'm excited. I'm honored to be on here today. So you guys have kind of hit the ground running with spring practice. Uh, I was there for the first practice. It seems like there was a lot of energy out there. Uh, yes, yeah, a lot of energy. Uh, you know, anytime you have new coaches, uh, it's a time, you know, to connect and, you know, to get acclimated with the new system. And uh, Spring ball is a good time for that to happen, uh, especially with a lot of young guys that we have on our team, the ability for them to, you know, to develop, to know the new coaches, learn a new scheme, and to see what they can bring and offer to the um, table. Uh, it was really good. So uh, the first day of practice was really good. It it felt like the defense was playing with a chip on their shoulders. That's was what it felt like. It had a, you guys had more energy out there. Did you see that when you in the first three practices? Oh uh, yeah, I definitely see it. Uh, the defense is definitely playing with a chip on our shoulder. You know, we have a lot to prove. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk about you know the past and you know different things, and we're just trying to change the narrative and the culture this year. Um, you know, we got a lot of guys who are hungry, a lot of uh, leaders who um, played last year and uh, want different for this defense. So I think we're definitely playing with a different tempo and speed. You had made your decision to come back to Virginia before even Tony Elliott was announced as a head coach. Actually, you were about to announce that you were returning on that Thursday when Bronco Mendenhall stepped down. You had tweeted there was big news coming, and that was the big news uh, your your news, not Bronco Mendenhall's news that you were getting. Right, right. Tell me the emotions that went through your mind. You're like, here I am about to announce that I'm coming back to Virginia. I'm pumped. I'm excited about the future. And wow, my the head coach is unexpectedly stepping down. Um, Actually, it was just really crazy. I just didn't want to think. I didn't want anyone to think that I was leaking like outside information because I had no clue about that. Like I just talked to my mom and I was like, you know, I think I'm going to come back. I'm not really big on Twitter anyway. So like, I don't even know what made me tweet that anyway. So, you know, when I got a meeting, I'm mean, a, a emergency meeting come through my teamwork. on my phone, I'm like, okay, I wonder what like this meeting could be about. I never thought that it would be like coach Mendenhall announcing that he would step down, but like just being in the college world for a few years and having different transitions and coaches, and D coordinators and position coaches, you know, it was hard because Coach Bronco was a great job and his staff was amazing. But, you know, um, kind of was used to the transition of a coaching change. And that goes, segue, nice segue to my next question was about the transition to the new coaching staff. Obviously, Coach Cox is the, the new DB coach and he's the defense passing coordinator coach as well. How's the transition been with him on board? Uh, coach Cox is a really good coach. Um, he has he knows a lot about the game. Him having the experience playing at the highest level that there is, um, he just does a really good job of detailing everything that we're learning. Uh, he really breaks it down. You know that you can understand it. Um, 
you know, he does a good job of teaching us the ins and the outs and that it's more of winning before the play really starts, you know, learning more mental aspect of the game rather just, you know, going out and relying on your talent. Uh, coach Cox is a really good coach, and I'm really excited to work with him this year. What are the differences that you've seen in the practice run by him and Coach Rudd? What What are some of the changes you've seen defensively? Um, just us playing uh, with a more aggressive tempo, um, you know, just us running to the ball. You know, that's always been an emphasis. And, uh, you know, creating turnovers, I think they're doing a good job of uh, getting guys to create turnovers. Um, you know, guys wanting to get turnovers to uh, get the hat the next day in meetings. So, you know, you get a visor if you get a turnover. So I think they're doing a good emphasis on creating turnovers. How many visors have you gotten already? I haven't got one yet. Oh, Day no. Three and I haven't gotten a visor yet. I'm, I don't know what's going on. I, I haven't had uh, any inter interception opportunities. So the first one that I get, hopefully that I can get me a visor, even though I don't wear hats, but I mean, it's still pretty cool. <laughs> you can be kind of like Spurrier and, wear, and bring the visor back. <laughs> I, I probably wear like upside down with the cap uh, flipped up or something goofy like that. So when you, when you, you know, we're talking about how you want to get the visor, you're going to get picks this spring. What are some of the goals that you want to take away from this spring moving into the next season? Uh, I definitely just want to uh, learn the, the ins and out of the defense, you know, understand what we're trying to accomplish on defense and certain calls, what coverages, um, you know, what we're trying to take away, just get comfortable uh, knowing my job and then also learning uh, what everybody else is doing around me. I think uh, not only knowing your job, but being able to know what the linebacker has or what kind of uh, edge rush the DN is going to use or what gap this D tackle should be in gives you the ability to play faster, to make more plays in the run and pass game as a uh, player. So just uh, learn the defense and the scheme in and out. How great is it for you as a DB to go up against an offense like UVA has with those talented wideouts and Brandon Armstrong? I'm sure that helps you a lot when you look through the ACC competition to have that level of competition in the practice field as well. Oh, it's a battle every day. I mean, to go against guys like Lavelle, I mean, he's 6'7". He's huge. I think he may be the tallest receiver in the ACC. And then you guys got you got guys like uh, Dontavian and KT. And when Billy gets healthy, man, it's just it's just a really good group of guys, really good group of receivers, and they're highly competitive. You know, we talk trash throughout practice. Uh, it's really uh, a great competitive atmosphere when we're at practice. And to have that ability to do that week in and week out is, I mean, it's better than any, you know, scouting and any film that you can watch. How much trash talking is there between you and the whiteouts? Oh, it's a lot of trash talking. <laughs> and it's not just on the field. It's, I mean, it's throughout the whole day. If, even in days that we don't have practice, you know, we're always going back and forth, you know, and the offense likes to claim that the defense knows what, knows what they're doing, but hey, you got to go out and execute it. But I mean, it's always constant trash talk, and it's always positive, you know, guys encouraging each other, and it just stays on the field, and, you know, it's all brotherly love. It's nothing that gets out of hand where guys are, you know, upset about certain things, so it's definitely good. But who is the best trash talker, though? Uh, We got, I mean, the offense, I mean, they're all really good, you know, KT's good, Don Tavian's good, Vail's good. I mean, they got some good trash talkers, but I think I got a pretty good game. I know how to get in guys' head. I think I'm, I have a more mental approach to it. Like, <laughs> other guys hold. Like, once I'm in the guy's head, it's over with. Their practice is they're, they're no longer having a good practice. Do you have, like, uh, I think it's the, the Duke basketball fans. Every time they have a, uh, a team travel to them, they have a spreadsheet 
of all the information from their opponents and what they can trash talk and, and chant over them. Is that you? <laughs> is that you? Is that what you have? Uh, no, not like that. I just, you know, get on the guy if he may uh, drop a ball or mess up on the offensive side. I make sure that he knows that, you know, he just dropped that pass or he didn't do his assignment correctly. And I kind of carry on with it. Sometimes the coaches, you know, tell us like, hey, stop, like, you know, but if I'm out there, I'm definitely going to be talking. <laughs> You know, you grew up. You grew up in Florida. You had big dreams of playing college ball, and then obviously moving on to NFL. One of the drawbacks of that is also social media and everything that has to go around with that. How frustrating is it when obviously things weren't going well in the field defensively last year for several games at UVA? How frustrating was that? That you technically you couldn't turn it off because you you had those you had that noise in the background. How do you adjust to that? Uh, personally, I'm not a really big social media guy as far as like in the season. Um, just, but just for those reasons, uh, the distractions, the naysayers, the doubt, you know, seeing the statistics, you know, just hearing people give their opinion who quite honestly, you know, don't do what we do. They don't come out and practice. They don't work as hard as we do. They don't put in the time and the effort. And, um, you know, to see those things as a player, if you don't have a strong mental uh, toughness, it can uh, it can weigh on you and it can, uh, you know, mess with your confidence. So I try to just advise guys not to worry about those things. And, you know, when you hear negative things, if it's not positive, you know, don't pay it any mind. And, you know, just to help encourage and lift one another up. So the social media isn't a, a big factor. But for me personally, it doesn't have a, a direct impact because I try to channel those things out that are not positive during the season. Yeah, I know a lot of guys who, who basically take their Twitter off their phones for the entire of uh... – the season just to avoid it. But how, what is the biggest misconception that you feel like as a student athlete, as a DB at a college, as a college team, what is the biggest misconception that fans have? Um, I, I think in, as far as like a DB uh, fans, just see a guy catching a ball and scoring a touchdown. So they, Oh my gosh, that DB sucks. But there's so much in it that goes into it. Like, uh, you know, the basic fan doesn't know how important it is to have a really good pass rush or, you know, if you're playing cover two and you're playing underneath the guy and your safety doesn't get over top or, you know, just the different schemes and the uh, the ins and outs that is also takes place versus just, you know, seeing a guy catching the ball and like, oh, my gosh, that DB must suck. But like knowing and understanding the scheme that, OK, maybe that safety busted this coverage or, you know, sometimes a guy does just make a, a really good play. But I think that may be the biggest misconception is if people just see the DB being the last defender. And it has the most control over points in uh, the football game. So, like, if a linebacker or a D-line misses a tackle, I mean, hey, no no big deal. The DB makes the tackle, boom, next play. But if the DB doesn't make that tackle and the guy scores, oh, my gosh, the DB missed the tackle. Like, what is he doing? He's not a good football player. Just things like that. You mean there's more positions than corners and safeties? <laughs> yes, right? There are more <laughs> positions. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other 
other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odysseypodcast, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash odysseypodcast now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash odysseypodcast. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Um, And, you know, this is a time during the spring where not only are you guys working on fundamentals, you're working on, you know, new guys working into the depth chart, but also just trying to familiarize with new schemes. You're also trying to build that chemistry across the team, across the coaches. What are some of the things that you guys do to kind of, to kind of blow out steam or just get together and form that bond that you need on the football field? Uh, I think that um, having us eat at uh, JPJ for uh, dinner is a really good way. Um, we got guys, you know, come in and we just sit down and we eat dinner together and we just talk, kind of get uh, off football or if, you know, there's some things that, guys and understand or we'll talk about football as well like you know man what happened on this play and things like that um you know coach has done a great job of uh, creating a space up upstairs in the McHugh for guys to come and lounge in and you know just to you know put a few uh games up there playstations and you know just a way to kick back and bond together as a team and understand how important the camaraderie is uh which really makes good teams really good is being able to gel and be around one another outside of just the football field one word that I keep hearing from several players I've talked to is electric. And that's the and they say that's the energy around the program right now. Do you feel it? Yeah, I mean, I feel it. It's exciting. Uh, you know, when you have something new, like change is good. And like everybody wants to embrace the new culture that coach is trying to establish. And I uh, see us hitting the ground running. Like guys are bought in. Guys are ready to, um, you know, compete. And, you know, I think we're a really good football team. and have a really good chance of doing a lot of big things this year. Now, one thing that I, that you do off the field um, that we talked about after practice last week was either you watch fishing or you fish. Is that right? Yeah, yeah so I like to fish. Um, I haven't done much fishing since I've been in Charlottesville, which is a shame to me because I haven't really gotten out and uh, tried it. But I really do love fishing. Um, so relaxing and peaceful. Something that I did all my life. Uh, my grandfather and my dad, you know, they taught me when I was young, and it's just something that's always, I just always love. It teaches you a lot of patience, right? Definitely. And playing <clears throat> defensive back, you have to be patient. And, uh, you know, they always say a bad day at fishing is better than a good day at the office. So, I mean, you can go out on the water and be out there for hours and don't catch anything. Or you can go out and, you know, for hours and you just catch one fish, but that that one catch you know, can be the catch of a lifetime, you know, or you can go out and you just catch a lot of fish. You know, it's just, it just depends on the day. It depends on the time, also the spot. 
And um, I just love it. I just I just grew up love fishing. Um, don't care to eat them much. My family really loves to eat fish. I just do it for the sport. You just made a metaphor for playing DB to fishing, AJ. Yes. It, it, That's it, hand-in-hand, it correlates, you know. <laughs> To, to be patient at the line of scrimmage, let, like not to be too overly aggressive with like receivers and like, you know, with fishing, you don't want to be too overly impatient because like as soon as you get ready to move and change spots, that's when the one that you've been waiting on is coming. Just like with the receiver, you get too overly aggressive and, you know, he cuts underneath you. So I think it, you can apply some uh, football and fishing. I don't have patience for fishing. I, I I tried it. I just don't have patience. Fishing. The only fishing I do right now is we have a magnetic uh, like play toy for my daughter that we play on in the bathtub. That's it. That's as far <laughs> as the fishing goes. Yeah. Uh, my mom always told me that uh, when she takes me fishing, because uh, when her and my dad um, were married, that they used to go out and go fishing and that my dad would have her out there for hours and hours and like he wouldn't really catch much. But my mom says every time that she's taking me, I've always caught fish relatively faster than with him. So he won't he won't like to hear that. But I I think I'm better than him. You know, he won't like to hear that though. He'll think he ha- he has more experience and been fishing longer before I was born. So that's his take on it. But it's good I'm, to have some competition in the family. Oh, for sure, we compete in everything in all aspects. That, that's how you build camaraderie in the house. Uh, I already talked comp- competition between my one-year-old and four-year-old. Probably not a great thing, but they do compete. <laughs> They'll be ready for kindergarten. They, they will. They will. Um, I thought we should end the interview just with some fun, um, of some quick-fire questions to get to know you, um, AJ, rather than you know Anthony Johnson, Virginia right. DB. Um, so I'm going to ask you some quick-fire questions. Okay, you ready? All right, I'm ready. Let's go for it. Okay, take it away sandwiches or Bodo's bagel? Uh, Bodo's bagel. The Wait, villa? does that mean I'm taking away Bodo's bagels or I'm keeping Bodo's bagels? You're keeping Bodo's bagels. Okay, I'm keeping Bodo's bagels. We're doing, we're getting ready to take it. <laughs> All right, so which one would you choose then? Would you choose the villa diner or tip top? Oh, the villa diner. I just, I had the villa this morning. <laughs> Funny story about the villa. Uh, a teammate of mine. Uh, I seen him have some breakfast, and uh, when he told me where he was, uh, he said it's the Villa Diner, and it's like two minutes down the street from the McHugh. And I went there for a week straight when he told me, like, the Villa is amazing. Like, I love the Villa Diner. I need to be sponsored by the Villa Diner. (laughs) Here you go. If if you're listening, if you're listening, AJ would like an NL deal with the Villa Diner. Yes, I would love that. (laughs) What's your favorite thing on the menu there? Uh, I, I'm a country down south guy, so I love the uh, the deluxe. I get uh, five eggs, grits, bacon, white toast. And if I'm really feeling hungry, I'll add like a side of three pancakes or like French toast. And I get an uh, Oreo milkshake as well. It's legit. Oh, that sounds great. And I, I know this is not, there was meant to be quick fire questions, but we'll, we'll go back to that. But that sounds yeah. really, really good. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. I oh, no, that's okay. I, I, I'm distracted. I'm hungry. You, you're making me hungry. Yes. Um, Next thing is Cadoba or Chipotle. Ooh, I have to pass on both of those. I don't what? eat Udoba or Chipotle. Do you, uh, let me guess. You're from Florida. Do you eat Moe's? Nah, I'm not. I'm really picky. Not a taco guy. Not a Mexican guy. I, I'm really like chicken tenders, steak, seafood. That's it. 
Okay. All right. But, Chick-fil-A but, or Chick a Chick-fil-A or Popeyes? Chick-fil-A. Okay. <laughs> Hands down, Chick-fil-A. Sweet tea or unsweetened tea? Oh, sweet tea for sure. You're from the South. I knew that was gonna be your answer. By the way, in Virginia, some places do not have sweet tea, and that threw me off when I first moved to Virginia. Yeah, I did not enjoy the sweet tea from Popeyes or Chick-fil-A in Virginia at first. It's too sweet. Uh well, I had I must have had a bad batch because mine wasn't that sweet. See, I find so I, I was obviously I've been living in Gainesville, Florida, covering the Gators, and down there. They, they've got a good mix, obviously, from Florida. they got a good mix of sweet tea. But my husband's family's from Alabama. Now, that's sweet tea. Is it, is it legit? It's legit. Yeah, yeah, I have a lot of family in Gainesville. Uh, like, a big part of my family lives in Gainesville. That's, like, a part of what we used to do when I was younger. We would go up uh, for my great-grandmother's birthday in March, and we just have a good time. She stayed out in Alachua. Uh, like, it's like a, the country there. I have a, you know, big trailer that she has and, like, just a lot of land. And we would just get together and ride four wheelers and play softball and things of that nature. So I, I, I had a big, uh, big ties in Gainesville. I actually was a Gator fan as well growing up. Many people don't know that. Okay. All right. Did you did you camp while you were out in the recruiting trail? Did you go to camps there in Gainesville? Uh, as far as oh yeah, I definitely did. Uh, Randy Shannon, I believe, was their defensive coordinator at the time. Yeah. And I did a few camps, man. I thought they were gonna offer me. Uh, uh, on the jun- on the junior camp day, but they told me to come back to like the Friday night lights and that they would offer me uh, based off their draft board. And once they told me, not the draft board, but their recruiting board. And once I heard that, I was already committed to Louisville and I was like, okay, I'll stay with Louisville. Cause like, I mean, Florida was my dream school, my dream offer, but like the fact that I wasn't a priority, uh, then kind of, I wasn't really feeling that. You know what? I would have met you then. That was my first year covering uh, the Florida Gators when you were committed to Louisville. Oh wow! So look, that's that's perfect. That it was meant for it was meant for us to be in con- connect in contact. Yeah, it just happened to be in Charlottesville, Virginia, not Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> yeah, not Gainesville, Florida. <laughs> um, AJ, finally, if you had to leave one message to the fan base about spring, about this upcoming year, what would you want to say? Uh, I would like to say to the fan base, let's pack Scott Stadium this year. Um, let's come out and you know have great energy. Um, let's do a good job of uh, supporting us no matter what the score looks like. You know, I just really would love to see Scott Stadium packed. I see pictures all throughout McHugh of when you uh, when we played Florida State, I believe, a few years back in uh, Miami. And, I mean, it just looks like an amazing atmosphere to be in. So let's pack Scott Stadium. That's a great – yeah, let's, let's get back to college football. Get that hill That's- packed. Yes, the hill, man. That's a that's a great thing. Uh, you know, that's like one of the unique things about Scott Stadium is the hill. Like I've only seen that at like Scott Stadium, Wake Forest, and it's just it just looks like a great time out there. Well, hopefully, we get to see a packed Scott Stadium next year. Well, thanks, AJ, for joining us today on the podcast. Oh, no problem. Anytime. Go Hoos. And thanks again to Anthony Johnson for joining us on this week's episode. And of course, a new episode of the Good Old Podcast will be posted next Tuesday. And we'll also have a new episode coming this Thursday. And we have a new episode of our new class series. This week, we'll talk to Carson Gay, Will Betridge, and Sean Wilson, three signees who committed to the Virginia program. So make sure you follow us wherever you listen to your podcast. And please leave a review on Apple to let 
Let us know how you are liking our new podcast on Wahoo's 24-7. And head over to our new YouTube page where we'll be uploading not only episodes of the podcast, but also video content like sights and sounds from Virginia football practice and interviews that we will be holding in the next few weeks as spring practice continues for Virginia football. So for Anthony Johnson, I'm Jackie French Julie, and I hope you all have a great rest of your week. Hello everyone, it's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on. It's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Beats.